The two scripture readings that I want to share this evening, one is an Old Testament one, one is a New Testament, and as we are continuing in our message series, Old Testament Jesus, we're going to connect the two. First of all, from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And second, from the first chapter of Matthew in the 23rd verse, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Several years ago, when I was pastoring a church in northern Illinois, I took the opportunity to attend a rather interesting meeting at Northern Illinois University, it featured the leader of the Jesus Seminar. I don't know if you ever heard of the Jesus Seminar. It is a group of extremely liberal scholars who began meeting to try to determine what part of the Bible was really true, what Jesus had to say, if it was true or not. And they voted on these sayings and they voted on these teachings by using colored balls. If they'd drop a ball, a black one, it meant that it was definitely not genuine. A pink ball meant maybe, and red meant, yeah, it was true. I have to tell you that only one verse, only one thing that Jesus said in the whole New Testament did they say was true, and that was, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and unto God the things that are God's. The rest of they said either probably was not true, or definitely was not true. Now, shortly before that meeting that evening, and the reason I chose to drive to DeKalb, Illinois, which sounds a little different than DeKalb, Texas, by the way, they had just voted, and they had blackballed the virgin birth. They said it had no historical validity. They decided that Mary had probably had sexual relations with Joseph or with some other unknown person, before she became pregnant with Jesus. The speaker that night, a so-called scholar, by the way, he was the head of the Department of Theology at DePaul University, a large Catholic institution in Chicago. He called the gospel accounts of Jesus' birth theological fiction. I could hardly wait to ask questions. Now, while we may be tempted to laugh at, this is kind of the work of some, you know, radical nuts, uh, we ought to take this seriously because behind the Jesus Seminar stands this insidious theology that attacks the central truth of our Christian faith, that God became a man in the person of Jesus the Messiah. Now, you see, it's a very short step from denying the virgin birth to denying the deity of Jesus. I mean, first you attack the birth, then you attack the baby. You attack the miracle, then you attack the man. And once you deny this miraculous entrance into the world, conceived of a virgin, born of a virgin, it's pretty short work for you then to deny the deity or even as some so-called liberal scholars say, that Jesus perhaps never really lived at all. 
Now, most of you that were raised either in the Lutheran church or in Christian churches are probably familiar with the part of the Apostles' Creed where it says, I believe in Jesus Christ, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. That points to a very fundamental fact of the Christian faith, that in Jesus, God literally became one of us. The New Testament clearly states that the virgin birth actually happened. Matthew and Luke tell the history as kind of sober historical reality. Now, you can say that the virgin birth is not true if you want to, but you cannot deny that the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. And you cannot deny that the early church has always believed it. Furthermore, this is one of the most central doctrines of the Christian faith. If you are sitting here tonight and you call yourself a Christ follower, a Bible-believing Christian, then you're going to say, yes, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. It is something that Christians have always believed. Without it, guess what? This night is totally unnecessary. We can all go home, turn off the lights, take your candles with you, do whatever you want with them, It would be meaningless if not for the virgin birth. Now, with that little bit of a background, I want to update you a little bit on this doctrine. And I'm going to ask this question. Can we really still believe this? And to do this, I'm going to give you five reasons that you could probably doubt the virgin birth. These are five reasons why some of your friends don't believe what you believe. One reason they don't believe is because... Let's be honest, folks. It's a miracle. I mean, by definition, miracles are beyond human explanation. It's hard to understand. It's even harder to believe. I mean, back up 2,000 years ago to Christmas Eve. It probably wasn't Christmas Eve. It was probably sometime in March and April. I hate to kill your Christmas thing. But, you know, shepherds do not watch their fields out at night in Israel in December because there's too much snow. But 2,000 years ago, this would have been a pretty strange night. Joseph didn't understand it. That's why he wanted to put Mary away quietly, to have a little private divorce. He kind of probably figured that she had been somehow unfaithful to him. And it wasn't until an angel said, this is okay, that he took her as his wife. Even young Mary didn't really understand it. Luke 1 says she was completely baffled by what the angel told her. even says she was frightened when the angel appeared to her. And furthermore, no one really knows how this took place. I mean, Gabriel, imagine, he can use rather non-specific language. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. What's that mean? What's that mean? I mean, that very verb, overshadow, speaks of some sort of a a personal presence of God. And and through some means, totally unknown to us, during this overshadowing, the Holy Spirit created within Mary's womb the unborn person of Jesus. It's a miracle that no one can explain. It's a miracle that no one can duplicate. And therefore, some people say it probably didn't happen. 
Well, that's why we'd also say it's an unexplained miracle. Nowhere are we told in the whole Bible why Jesus was born this way. I mean, could he have, could he have been conceived in a natural human fashion if God had so desired? I don't know. I guess so, if that's what God wanted to do. We know the virgin birth happened, but the Bible never explains why it happened. It's also interesting to know that the whole story of the virgin birth you cannot find in any other place in the Bible except in Matthew and Luke. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of other Bible passages that kind of, uh, kind of imply the virgin birth, but the only story of Jesus being born this way is found in Matthew chapter 1 and in the first three chapters of Luke. And that's why some people say, well, it's only mentioned in two places. What about the other 64 books of the Bible? The other reason some people deny this is because, quite honestly, there are all kinds of stories of miraculous births in various ancient cultures. The Romans had all of these legends that they told about how their emperors came to be, some of them through a virgin birth. I mean, even the Greeks had some really pretty crude X-rated stories, if you read ancient mythology, about how some of their gods and goddesses got into this world. Some people just said, well, what the Christians are saying is kind of a sanitized version of an ancient myth. Also, some people say, well, the message matters more than the details. You know, the story about a virgin birth probably doesn't make any difference. What really matters is somebody named Jesus was born. See, liberal Christianity believes the early church made up the entire story about the virgin birth. They wanted to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They said so. They kind of made up a miraculous story. Now, before we go any further, let's stop and ask what remains if you deny the virgin birth. Let's say tonight you're sitting here and you say, well, I came to Christmas Eve service. I kind of like to sing the songs. I kind of like to sit in the dark and sing Silent Night and hold a candle in my hand and feel good. Um, but I'm not all so sure about all the stuff that I hear. You know, like shepherds and wise men and a virgin birth. But we need to ask ourselves, what happens if you deny the virgin birth? Well, I suggest to you that you have only two options. One is you can say, well, Joseph was probably the real father of Jesus, and the virgin birth was just invented to make Jesus, Jesus seem kind of godly. Or you could argue, as some Jews actually did, that Mary had an illicit affair with a Roman soldier whose name was Pantera. I bet you never heard that story before. And evidently, that story was widespread. There are a lot of people who thought Jesus was an illegitimate child. In fact, you can read a little bit further in the Gospels. In John chapter 8, Jesus tells some people that they're children of the devil. And those people replied to Jesus, at least we're not illegitimate. Whoa. They said that to Jesus? Kind of implied that that's kind of what they thought about him. But you know something? If you sit here tonight, you say, well, I, I don't buy the virgin birth. You still have to account for the fact that Jesus actually lived. So that's why I to give you some positive reasons to believe tonight. Let's go to some positive stuff. First of all, 
the virgin birth, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, has been universally believed by the Christian church for over 2,000 years. You know, outside of a few, I call them religious nuts, I don't know what else to call them, uh, heretical groups, every branch of the Christian church has always accepted the virgin birth. No Christian denomination has ever questioned it. The doctrine was, is, and has always been felt and held to be a central, essential part of what it means to be a Christian. Here's the second thing. Every major branch of the Christian church still believes it. I mean, evangelicals of every stripe believe in the Virgin Mary. I mean, the Catholic Church strongly affirms this doctrine. So do various Orthodox churches. The Lutheran Church has stood on this doctrine for years. I'm going to tell you that there are a few denominations. There are a few churches. In fact, there are a few churches here in our area that would deny the virgin birth. But these churches are extremely liberal in their theology. They practice politically correct theology. And they tell people what they want to hear. Do you know where the church is growing fastest in the world today? By the way, it's not in America. The United States today is now the third largest mission field in the world. The only two countries that have more non-Christians in the world than we do, China and India. There's only one country in this entire world that receives more foreign missionaries than the United States. It happens to be the country of Brazil. People see our country as a non-Christian nation. The Christian church, on the other hand, is growing like gangbusters in third world countries, particularly in Asia and in Africa. And if you were to go to Asia or Africa today, virtually 100% of all of those Christians would accept the virgin birth and would be absolutely shocked to hear that somebody didn't believe it. There are well over one billion Christians in our world today, nearly all of whom say, Conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Here's a third one. The New Testament explicitly says Jesus was born of a virgin. Matthew and Mark say it actually happened, conception and birth. And as one writer said, it is extremely difficult to make the terminology of the virgin birth refer to something other than the virgin birth. And the fourth thing I'll tell you is, even though it's mentioned only in two books of the Bible, it agrees with the rest of the Bible. Let me give you a few examples. Maybe that's Jesus calling, just to say he's, he's right. Well, in Genesis 3.15, it says the Messiah will be born of the seed of the woman. Well, I got some biological news for you. Uh, women have no seed in themselves. That comes from the man. And such an unusual phrase has always been thought to be understood by Christian theologians as talking about the virgin birth. Isaiah 7.14, which I just read to you, talks about how a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and he'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. John chapter 1 says the Word became flesh. It's talking about the incarnation, about how God becomes a man. 1 Timothy 3.16 summarizes Jesus' birth by saying, He appeared in a body, which sounds like Jesus did not appear in a normal way. 
And Galatians 4, verse 4 says that Jesus was born of a woman. And you know when you read that Scripture, I mean, why use such a strange expression unless there was something unusual about His birth? Here's a fifth good reason to to believe, and that's that the Bible focuses on the baby and not on His birth. You know, if you've read your Bible, and I've read mine on numerous occasions, I can tell you that the Bible tells us just enough to anchor our faith, but sometimes it seems like not quite enough to satisfy our curiosity. Now, the important fact is who this baby is. The important fact is why this baby came into the world. The important fact is what was this baby going to accomplish when he got here. This miraculous conception of Jesus lets us know that he was not just some ordinary little baby. Now, why is it important that we believe this? Why is it important that I would take your time on a Christmas Eve and talk about this? Well, it goes back to that great old Lutheran question again, huh? What does this mean? I mean, what are the implications of denying this truth? Well, first of all, let's be honest. It is a mystery. I mean, after all is said and done, we still don't really understand how it happened. We can no more explain the virgin birth than we can explain walking on water. It's a reversal of every last known human process. It is a direct miracle of God that can never, ever be duplicated in any laboratory or by any scientist. It's also presented in historical truth. I just say, read it for yourself. If you've got any doubt whatsoever, read it for yourself. Luke ties this down to certain historical events that can be proven in secular history books. It says, during the reign of who? Caesar Augustus while Quirinius was governor of Syria. I mean, these are facts that can be verified. Luke doesn't say, in fact, my Bible, I go back and read, read the Christmas story, I already read it to you tonight, but my Bible does not say, once upon a time in a land far, far away, a young virgin gave birth. It's not a fairy tale. It's the truth. It happened exactly the way the Bible says But the reason I believe it is because it fits with everything that I know about Jesus. I mean, the Bible presents Jesus as a full human person, born like us, lived like us, died like us. And whatever it means to be totally human, it was true of Jesus as well. He was not some sort of an alien, as some people say. He was not some sort of an angel, as some non-Christian denominations teach. He was not some sort of a half-man, half-God creature, as some other non-Christian denominations teach. The virgin birth is simply the virgin birth. The miracle actually took place nine months before. Do you realize that? It took place at the time of the conception. There was absolutely nothing mysterious about his delivery. He was developed in the womb just like every other baby is developed. He was delivered in the same way that all babies are delivered today. He nursed at his mother's breast just like other babies are today. Although I'm going to take issue with one song we said, we sang before, where it said, no crying he made. I bet Jesus cried like crazy. (laughs) And I have a feeling that Mary, even on the night she gave birth, probably went, whoa, 
and probably not a happy sound. But, you know, that's only one part of the story. He was fully man, human, but he was also divine. He was fully God. That's why miracles mark his entrance into this world. That's why miracles mark his exit from this world. You know, again and again, if you read the story of Jesus, you kind of see Jesus pulling the curtain apart a little bit so that we get a glimpse between that realm of God and the realm of angels. And we kind of live on the boundary between two worlds, one that we can see and one that we can't see. I mean, let me tell you a few things about this Jesus. Jesus got hungry and thirsty, but he was still capable of feeding 5,000 people with a few pieces of bread and some fish. He slept on a boat, and yet he was still able to stand up and tell the storm to cut it out. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus when Lazarus died, but four days later stood there and said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus walked out of the tomb. He ate with little Zacchaeus. He healed blind Bartimaeus. He died on a Friday afternoon, but he was out of his grave on Sunday morning. He was born of a woman. He was born of a virgin. He's just like us, but he's nothing like us. He walked among us, but he came from above. He was the son of Mary, but he was the only begotten son of God. He grew up in Nazareth, but it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is not only our friend, he is also our Savior. He's the man for all seasons. He is the sovereign Lord. Little children love him, and yet he still baffles some of the greatest minds. He's called the son of Joseph, but he's truly the son of God. Read your Bible. See for yourself. Don't take my word for any of this. I mean, if God should decide to become a man, how would he choose to do it? I mean, there, there are a lot of answers to that question, but I submit that this much is true. We'd expect, if God wanted to become man, we would somehow expect that he would do something rather unusual. See, becoming a man means he must be born. Yet because he's God, his birth must be miraculous. So we have a miraculous conception and a normal birth. Put them together and what do you got? You got exactly what the Bible says, a virgin birth. And that's what I mean when I say the virgin birth fits everything we know about Jesus. Before it happened, nobody would have expected it. But after it happened, people said, yeah, that makes sense. It was just like God to have a virgin birth. You know, this is a miracle. There's no doubt about it. It's a miracle here which we may believe or we may deny. The interesting thing about the story in the life of Jesus is there's just enough to believe for those who sincerely want to believe. But I'm also going to be honest, there's probably just enough to doubt for those people who care to doubt. I mean, miracles are like that. Miracles don't force us to believe. Miracles just invite us to make our own decision. I think I have a quote up here by Martin Luther. Martin Luther said something that was really great. He, he said the incarnation, that's God becoming man, consisted of three miracles. 
First, God became man. Second, a virgin was his mother. And third, that the heart of man should believe it. Three miracles. Now, if you say miracles can't happen, then I would challenge you to somehow find a way to explain the virgin birth. You know something, if you, if you did that, you wouldn't be the first person to do that. From the very beginning, there have been people who find this story too incredible and too mysterious. I'm going to close with these comments. You know, you're not a bad person if you, if you doubt the virgin birth. God is not the least bit intimidated or threatened by people who ask hard questions and reject easy answers. If you doubt the virgin birth, I'm not going to ask you to study up on the facts and make up your mind. But if you have any doubts whatsoever about the virgin birth, I would just ask you to go back, get a Bible, read the entire gospel, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read it straight through, and at that point, guess what? You will either believe it or not. The explanation of this birth is not in the birth. It's in the baby. Find out who the baby is, and you're going to understand his birth. The virgin birth does not explain who Jesus is. Who Jesus is explains the virgin birth. So how do you account for the guy that we are here to worship tonight? Who is he? Answer that question, and you'll know all the answers you need about the virgin birth. One last thing. Can a person reject the virgin birth and still be a Christian? No. Answer is no. The virgin birth was never meant to stand alone as some random truth. God has never said, I can't find it anywhere in my Bible, maybe it's in your Bible, but not in my Bible, never do I find God say, pick and choose what you want to believe out of this Bible. The story of Jesus is a seamless garment from Genesis 1 through the end of Revelation. You take out one miraculous birth, and you have ripped that entire garment to shreds. See, Christianity is not just a collection of a bunch of random truths. It is the truth, it is the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Consequently, when you start taking this doctrine or that doctrine, and you pull it out, even though you can't see the end, you've ruined the masterpiece. History tells us that when people begin to doubt the virgin birth, they do not stop there. One doubt leads to another doubt until Jesus, the Jesus they believe in, is not the Jesus of the Bible. I got to thinking this afternoon, you know something, the virgin birth is no more miraculous than the resurrection. They stand or fall together. Now, do I understand all of this? No. Do I believe it? Absolutely yes. Why? Because the Bible teaches it and because it makes perfect sense. Can we still, in 2012, believe in the virgin birth? We can. And we must. A few more hours, it will be Christmas 2012. And I've got some good news for you. We can... We can have supreme confidence that the baby's birth that we celebrate is Emmanuel, God with us. The virgin birth is a sign from God that he entered our human race. God stooped low to be born in a manger. And as someone said, the baby Jesus 
is deity in diapers. No human process could have produced him. What we need to do is kind of hang a banner over Bethlehem with these four words, not made by man. On the human side, his mother is Mary. On the divine side, his father is God. The wisest scholars and the simplest believers bow before the manger of Bethlehem and together with us tonight must proclaim that the infant Jesus, born of a virgin, is Emmanuel, God with us.